Welcome to Radiant Church Podcast. We want Jesus to be the message in everything we do. We are those who look to him. Now, here's David Perkins. Father, we love you and we, we thank you for what you're doing, God. We just thank you for uh, people that are giving their lives to Jesus every week. And we thank you for the opportunity, Lord God, to connect with friendships that spur us on in our faith. And God, we thank you, Lord, for this family of believers that's forming here in Kansas City at Radiant Church. And God, we, uh, we're so grateful for what you're doing. God, we thank you for the new churches that are being planted all across the world. Uh, we thank you that we get to be one of them and that we're in this journey of fulfilling and being a part of the Great Commission in 2017. And we ask now that you would open up the word of God to us. Let it come alive in our hearts. God, would you speak to us, we pray. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. I want to talk this morning about the invitation that Jesus gives the fishermen in Matthew chapter 4. And I want you to think about Jesus giving you an invitation that's fresh today. A fresh invitation on following him. What it means to follow him and the privilege of following Jesus. I don't know uh, if you've ever got an invitation that changed your life. Have you ever received an invitation that was awesome? I don't know if maybe it was... May, I, who knows? There's a lot, I'll tell you that the invitation that changed my life, uh, my freshman year of college, probably the, probably the best invitation ever was a buddy of mine, his name was Kevin, and he said, hey man, um, I want you to invite you to come with me to Chicago. Uh, he said, I want you to come to my family reunion. And I said, there's no chance of going to your family reunion. You don't even want to go to your family reunion. Why would I go? But see, the thing was, for the last like year, he had been telling me about this girl that was his niece, and he would always say, you got to meet her, man. You got to meet her. She's just like you. She's so religious. And um, that was his phrase. Of course, you know, I'm pastor's kid, and we know, hey, it's not about religion. It's about a relationship. So he doesn't know that's offensive. But to him, it's a compliment, you know? So he's saying, she's so religious, just like you. You, you, you really like her. She's religious. And he was like... Uh, her name's Renata, and I was like, oh, great, I want to meet religious Rawat, you know, like, and I, I didn't, I just always blow him off, just never connected, but this particular day, we were hanging out, he had a pool, and uh, I see a picture of this girl on his refrigerator, his parents, you know, he lived with his parents, and I said, who's that? And he says, that's my niece, Renata, and I go, the religious one? <laughs> and he was like, Yeah. He was like, the reunion is at her house. And I said, I'll go. I'll go. And so lo and behold, everybody, that invitation changed my life because 16 years later, I'm married to Renata. We have four great kids and fell in love with Renata. And I always love to talk about that story and that invitation to go meet Renata. And I tell you that because I think for you and me, we have this invitation and it's an invitation that changes our lives. Sometimes if you've been around church for a long time, it's easy to think that it's kind of something that you participated in one time when you prayed a prayer when you were 10. Or maybe you kind of think about following Jesus or the invitation to follow Jesus as merely something that happens only on Sunday mornings here at your church. But this morning, I want us to talk about a daily decision to respond to the invitation to follow Jesus. And looking at your life and your time and your relationships and your money and your opportunities and everything that you've got on a daily basis and make this decision that every day we look at Jesus and we say, we will follow. And when you look at the disciples in Matthew 4, 
there's this invitation from the rabbi from Galilee, and he comes by. And I want you to look at the magnitude, before we get to Matthew 4, at just who Jesus is. Because in Matthew chapter 1, an angel appears to Joseph and says, hey, it's good. Go ahead and marry Mary. Go ahead. Like, this is a big deal. And this is the Messiah. And this is, this is a, a supernatural birth. And then in Matthew chapter 2, you've got this story of the wise men. And they're following the star to find Jesus. And so it's this pretty epic story about the birth of God incarnate, of Jesus coming to earth. Matthew chapter 3, before we get to Matthew chapter 4. Jesus is baptized, now 30 years old, and the great baptism story where Jesus goes down and all of a sudden you hear an audible voice from heaven, this is my son whom I love, with whom I'm well pleased. And they're all around, you've got who knows what kind of story about who is this that there's an audible voice from heaven around Jesus. And so this invitation as Jesus steps on the scene to invite some fishermen to follow him is a pretty epic moment. And I think many times when we think about following Jesus, most of the language is consider the cost. And Jesus talked that way. Jesus talked specifically about anyone who would come after me must deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. And so there's great, there's great language around consider the cost of following. And I love that language. I think that's a great truth and it's a biblical reality. It's something that we need to really uh, care about. But the angle that I want to talk about today, in the midst of a broken world, in the midst of all the idols in our lives, amidst all the busyness, is I want to talk not just about the cost, but actually really the, the surprising thrill and privilege to respond to the invitation to follow Jesus. In other words, if, if your opportunity is to live for you or to live for Jesus, oh, the privilege to respond to the invitation that Jesus not only offers to these fishermen, but now he offers to me and to you. And to start to respond with gratitude, with a heart that swells with joy and gratitude and delight for the honor, the privilege to be followers of Jesus that opportunity that we get, not merely the mandate, not merely a command, but this privilege. When you think about how great your life gets to be if you're the Lord of your life, if all the wisdom in the world is your wisdom, if all the decisions are your own decisions, if all the blessing is your own blessing compared to the supernatural activity and joy that comes to those that follow the one who is the God of the universe the privilege and the joy that you get, that I get, that we get by choosing every day and saying, Jesus, in the midst of the circumstance that I do not understand, I will not do this my way. I will do this your way. And today I choose to follow you. Today I choose to be a follower. And so I want us to look there at that point, Matthew 4, 18. And that's the text that we find where Jesus invites the disciples here, these fishermen. Look at this. While walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately, they left their nets and followed him. 
And going on from there, he saw two brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. And he called them. Immediately, they left their boats and their father, and they followed him. So here's this invitation that they receive, all right? Choice. Young rabbi from Galilee, Jesus, audible voice from heaven, supernatural birth, invites me. A fisherman, lowly, not like the, the most peasant, because obviously they've got their own business, but certainly not the PhD with a doctorate or not the wealthy, probably fairly middle to lower middle class in, the, in that society. And instead of Jesus going out and picking the highest of society, he comes to fishermen and he calls them. And then opportunity, what do I do? Do I reject and stay or do I leave and follow? And if I leave and follow, then I'm making a statement to my family who's helped me have this fishing business and I could probably take it from my dad and take care of my family when they're old and, and quite possibly in that culture to leave and follow is, is painful for the family relationship. And I've got this incredible privilege, but there's gonna be real tangible loss. But it's this incredible invitation do I leave and follow? Should I reject and stay? Where, where, where do I stand? And I think for you and me, every day, as we choose to follow Jesus, we've got this choice. And our temptation, I think, is oftentimes to just in name say, I'll follow. I'll sing the song. But today I want us to look into this invitation that Jesus has given us and even start to think of every day as today is my opportunity to follow. Today is my invitation to follow Jesus, to give him everything, to really have relationship and follow him and not, and, 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 and I don't know exactly what it looks like I don't, because, because it's, it's following a person. I like to think of it this way. I can imagine, imagine Peter and James and John, Andrew and these guys responding, okay, I'll follow you, but here's what I need. This is kind of how we Americans would say, tell me how it's gonna turn out for me. I mean, how's this gonna look? Like, what's, what's my future gonna look like? What's my family gonna look like? How's my retirement gonna look like? Will, will things go, I'll follow you if things get, if I, can you prove to me? Can you show me? Like, what I really want is, I really want you to be the means to my own happiness. And so if you'll be the means and I'm ultimately the end I, 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 and, and you're a better bridge to my comfort and my joy and well, then I'll go. But if not, I, I don't know. And so it's this moment where it's kind of like this. It's kind of like a map. Tell you what, if you could show me that, you, that, that you'll get me in a better place, well, then I'll follow you. And you don't have Jesus giving anything other than this. Follow me. Oh, but Jesus, I, 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 really, I really have these desires in my heart. I really want to be taken care of. I, I really want, man, I want to have a ministry. Or man, I, I want my family to be okay. Or I, I, can, can you give me some more? Like give me more content. Like fill up the blog space. I, give me more about what this is going to look like. And Jesus says, follow me. Uh, I'll follow it. No, it's me. Ah, like just Jesus, that's all I get, just me. And you don't have Jesus offering 10 other things. Tell you what, guys, follow me. <laughs> Your relationships are gonna get a lot better. Woo! You guys are gonna, you're gonna, I mean, you're gonna hang out with world changers. 
You're going to, in just a few chapters, you're going to get to meet Moses and Elijah. <laughs> Fellas, if you only knew, I mean, you're going you're gonna to meet cool people. Ministry-wise, come on, boys. I mean, you're going you're gonna to write books in what will become the best-selling book of all time. <laughs> guys, guys, <laughs> Peter, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna become a preacher. You're going to, yeah, me? Yeah, we don't have any of that. We don't have all, all they get. The only thing that they have is just follow me. That's it. Sometimes in our journey, we're like, I want, I want more. Like, I want a map. I want a plan, God. And I'll follow you because really I've got, a, I've got a goal of where I want to end up. And Jesus says, that's the problem. Following me is following the God of the ages and you're not God anymore. I'm God. Yeah, 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 I know that's good religious rhetoric, but let's talk about reality. Yeah, 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 but oh, g -g -g give me this. Here's what I want if I follow. And he goes, it's me. This is what you get. You get a person. We go, give me the map. You don't get a map. It's more like a compass. You go where I go. <laughs> you get one step, you follow. And God, I'll follow you if I, if I end up with the good life. Well, then that's not following me. God, I'll follow you if I, no, all you get. Here's the invitation. It's me. Oh, but if I follow you, then I can't manhandle my future. That's it. Oh, well, then, then I don't know if I get what I want. That's right. So he goes, come follow. We go, okay, tell you what. I'll trust you. And I'll follow a person, even though I don't know where this thing's going. I'm into Jesus. I'm not into me. I'm into you. And I give you my life. When my son Justice was two, his favorite thing to do was to go swimming. But he couldn't say swimming. So he'd look up at me, and with just you know, a couple teeth, he'd say, swimming. <laughs> and he'd say, swimming. And here's what the interpretation was. Dad, please take me in the suburban to the swimming pool today. That's what swimming meant to the two-year-old. And so what I would do is I would look at my son and I would pull out a map and I'd say, okay, son, I, here's the map to Lifetime Fitness. I want you to drive the Suburban, pull out of the, out of the driveway, go left, go right, go left, then take dad's unused Lifetime card and hand it <laughs> to the guy and you can go swimming. No, here's what dad does. When two-year-old says, swimming, dad takes two-year-old, puts him in the suburban. Justice could care less how to get to the pool. Justice just knows I get in the burb. Dad takes me swimming. Here's the reality. Our life, just get in the burb. God, I want the map. I, I, I want the plan. I'm, sm I'm two. I mean, I'm smart. I know you're omniscient, but... Double digits on the ACT, baby. Like, I got, whoo, I got something to offer the kingdom. And he's like, I'm omniscient. You're small. Trust me. Ah, I want to drive. I want the map. And he goes, I'm your father. Trust me. And our opportunity is this. All right, God, I respond to this invitation. And I don't know. I don't know. 
The future's not quite what I thought it would be. You look at Peter, James, John, Andrew. I mean, they had good days and bad days. They had days where they're preaching to thousands and being like, yes, this is everything that I had hoped. And there's days on Patmos going, this is rough. But that's the journey. The journey is I didn't at the end sign up for me. I signed up for you because you are God. And so the only right response, the only potential response when the God of the ages invites me to follow is wherever this leads me, I will follow. And I'm not in there. I know. And trust me, we serve a great God and he loves to give great blessings. And I love that. I love that we serve a God and he, he, he looks at Peter, James, and John, and man, good things end up, I mean, they meet some cool people and do some cool ministry and get to make an impact for the kingdom, but Jesus doesn't say, here, you get this, and one of the things that I've found in our journey, and I'm just saying it how I see it, a lot of times as you invite people to Jesus, as you proclaim Jesus in the high school, as you proclaim Jesus the business place. Our temptation is just to say, well, uh, well Jesus, is, I mean, you get some good relationships and, and there's, you know, I don't know, some good coffee. And I mean, I, I, I mean, my life gets better. And, and just talk all about some of the blessings. But we didn't sign up for this for the blessings. We signed up for this for the person. And as you and I follow and as we articulate the gospel to other people, it's this. I am in this because he's Jesus because he is the savior of the world, because he is the God of the universe, because I want to follow him and I don't know exactly where this goes, but he is not the means to my ultimate end. He is the means to his own end. And so I'm following him because he's worthy of me following him. And that, that's the privilege of our, our lives is to go, I, I'll, I'll follow you and I don't know where the suburban may end up. I just know that you've invited me and I said yes, and today, to the best of my ability, I choose to follow. And so my time, my relationship, my prayers, my attention, my serving, my family, my kids, the way that I plan everything, you, you're who I'm serving, so I choose, I respond, I'll follow you. Look at these disciples. Number one, they leave their nets, but Jesus rewards their sacrifice. So they actually get far greater eternal rewards as a result of leaving some nets. You can imagine Zebedee's like, James, John, boys, those are my nets. Don't leave these. This is our family business. What are you doing? Right? I mean, it, that's a, in the moment, it feels like, whew, that's a lot to leave the nets. That's a lot to leave the family business. But Peter and Jesus are having a conversation in Matthew 19 where Jesus tells him, Peter says, what do we get for following you? And Jesus now, it's 15 chapters later. I mean, it's significantly later. And Jesus looks and goes, you know what? Everyone who has left all to follow me will get 100 times the reward in eternity. You can imagine Peter and Andrew kind of high-fiving each other like, yes. Mm, good choice. We lost the nets. Yeah, but for a trillion years, we get good stuff. Uh, good choice, right? And so you leave nets, but eternal reward. They leave friends and family, but here's what I want you to get, because here's what we have. Not only do we, like them, have eternal rewards, but in leaving friends and family, which is hard, and in that day would have been a significant challenge. It's not like today where we're like, you know, 18-year-olds are like, what's up? I'm out of town. You know, it's not like that. It's like, 
It's a cost to leave everything and leave Galilee and leave mom and dad, leave it all and go follow. It's, it's probably hurtful in the family. It's, it's tough. But look at this. They lose that, but what they gain is relationship with Jesus. And they gain so much access to Jesus. So I wrote these down for you. This is just kind of fun because I want you to see this. I want you to see how often the disciples are interacting with Jesus. Look at this. Just, we'll just plow through a few of these. Matthew 13, 10. The disciples came to him and asked, why? Okay. His disciples, 13, 36. His disciples came to him and asked, explain. 14, 15. Now, when it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, 14, 28. And Peter answered him, look, it is for you. It, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. 15, 12. Then the disciples came and said to him, 1523, and his disciples came and begged him saying, 181, at that time the disciples came to him saying, 1821, then Peter came up and said, and you can just keep on going, it's all through it. Here's the point, access. Fishermen, fishing, nets, family business, leave it all behind, and now all of a sudden, conversation. Relationship with the God of the ages. My prayer is that you would heighten your gratitude for the invitation to have access and relationship to the God of the ages. You and I have access to converse. You've left it all. You've decided to follow. And now, not only do you have eternal reward, but you have access. You spend time dialoguing, abiding, connecting, and you too, just like the disciples, have the opportunity. Now look at this. Number three, they leave their fishing occupation, but Jesus prepares them for ministry. Look at this phrase. So it goes, they leave their nets. He says, follow me. That's access, relationship. All right, now look at this. And I will make you, I will make you. Everything for me is so tempted just to be Sunday school. You know, I will make you fishers of men, fishers of men. And so in my brain, it's always just like cute and sweet. And nice. But I want you to lock in with, I will make you, that concept. Jesus is saying, currently, you're fishermen. I'm going to be, by following me, I take you on the transformation process so that then you can be fishers of men. In other words, you're going to do what I'm doing. You're going to no longer fish for fish. You're going to fish for people. And so in the following of me, the actual education, transformation process takes place. That's our passion around here. That's why we say, hey, no God, follow me. Say, discover your purpose. Do relationship. I mean, know God, find freedom, discover relationships that help you follow Jesus, and then discover this purpose. And I will make you. God has made you. There's, you're wired. There's a specific way that God's wired you for you to go do the Great Commission. And in this process, Jesus is saying, and I will make you. I, I'm going to use the weak, broken, average fishermen to preach at Pentecost in Acts 2. I mean, I'm going to use you. It's the same for all of us. That's the privilege. You follow him and he's making you. You're, 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 you're in a process where your life matters, where what you do in the cubicle matters, how you parent, how your marriage looks, the way your life, not just for your own sake, but actually being a part of Jesus' kingdom being established on planet earth actually matters. And so I will make you, as he looks at the fishermen, and you can imagine fishermen being like, whoo, me, us? This is just James. This is just, we're fishermen on the Sea of Galilee. And Jesus goes, I will make you. I'm gonna do a work inside of you. I'll make you fishers of men. And that's the last idea. 
is he goes, they leave the Sea of Galilee, but Jesus sends them out to the whole world. I mean, little Sea of Galilee. I mean, just regular, it's just, it's just a sea. It's just a regular lake. It's just, I've been there. It's like, I mean, there's people just, just hanging out like people at lakes here. I mean, it's just the sea. And these average fishermen then become powerfully used by Jesus to literally go to the ends of the earth. I mean, it's a global mission. Friends, sometimes it feels like, man, I'm, here I am just working my 40 hours, trying to keep my kids educated, going to ball games, trying to save a little bit, trying to not go in more debt, whatever is your story. And it feels like, I just don't, but here's the deal. As we follow Jesus, as we do life together, and as we pray together, serve together, give together, we're actually making a dent across the world. The church of Jesus Christ is expanding and we just do our part. You just do your part. And in the eyes of Jesus, he's seeing all of his church across the globe, churches being planted, people coming to know Jesus. And just, God says, I'll use whatever monotonous thing you're in. Just you serve, you pray, you give, you return kindness, you refuse to slander, you just be like Christ. And every day, you're a part of that global mission. And so my prayer for us is that, is that we would follow Jesus, not only for our own lives, but even as we talk about it, even as we proclaim it. I told this story, I, about 2011, you know, I'm youth pastor at this church. And this is a big TV show back then called Fear Factor. And uh, so we had this bright idea, hey, let's, let's do a Fear Factor night, yeah. I got a brilliant idea on how parents can love us. Let's dedicate a whole night where we buy hundreds of dollars of snakes and spiders and scorpions and just put them on children. That just sounds awesome. And so we advertised for like six weeks and we put fear factor on everything and we used the slogan, whatever it was. And we, we talked about it. And that night we had like, we did the actual thing. We had kids laying in cockroaches. We had kids eating bugs. Um, they found snakes in the youth building four years to come after this moment. Yeah, thanks to me. That's why I no longer work there, actually. And, um, <laughs> and, and we just did all this advertisement. We were like, Let's do it. And we packed it out. We had over 700 kids there, Fear Factor Night. And it was fun. I mean, it was, it was crazy, but it was fun. And kids loved it. And we got to the end and kind of decided that the way we do it at the end is we'd have you know, someone come up and just like Ben Ray came out just now and played the piano and David will go up just, instead of after worship and a sermon, after we eat bugs, David will just tell people about Jesus. And we did exactly that. I took five minutes. I started in John three sixteen. I said, I don't even know how I tied it in with bugs, but I tried. And I said, so, looked out, smile. How many of y'all want to give your life to Jesus? Not one. So I was like, oh, I know how to do this. I'll just preach some more. I'll just preach longer. Try it again. Preach some more. Who wants to? Nobody. 
And I remember telling Renata a couple weeks later, I was like, of course no one gave their life to Jesus. They didn't come for Jesus. They came for cockroaches and snakes. Like they didn't come, they came because we advertised snakes. Now it sounds weird. We advertised bugs. I think sometimes when I look at us today, it's easy for us to just kind of say, well, you know, I get this and I get that. And, and I love that. Don't get me wrong. I love that God blesses our lives. I love, I have a blessed marriage and I'm grateful and I have a great kids and I'm grateful and God has blessed me in so many ways. And I know that because of righteousness, my life is far better than anything else. But you know what? I didn't follow Jesus to get the good life. And I don't know. I don't know what's coming. Jesus never used bait and switch. Hey, tell you what, Pete, follow me. You can preach, man. It's gonna be great. I'll heal your mother-in-law. Like, come on. It was, you get a person. Come good days, preaching in at Pentecost, or bad days, in prison. John, some days you're gonna love. You're gonna take care of Mary. <laughs> That's gonna be an honor. You're gonna end up exiled on the island of Patmos. We choose to follow Jesus and what you get is Jesus. And there's good days and there's hard days, but through all days, I have decided I will follow. Amen? Well, just place your hand on your heart. Let's just pray together. Father, we thank you, Lord Jesus, for the privilege, the invitation to be Christ followers. And God, we just say yet again today that Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Lord, we want to follow you. And we are so tempted to live on our own wit and our own money and our own plan. But Jesus, we say to you today, help us to follow you every day. We trust you, Lord God, on the days that feel awesome and it feels like people are liking us and the provision is there and everything's working. And God, we say to you with resolve, we'll follow you when it feels like we're in a hard time and we don't know where this thing's going, but you are our hope and our rock. And no matter what happens, we're in this for you. We ask for your help and your strength, God. We're so tempted to give up. No turning back, God. Today, there may be some that are here and you haven't decided to follow Jesus. And just today, you wanna say, I wanna give my life to Jesus. I don't wanna live for me. And I wanna just invite you just to pray this prayer after me, if that's you. Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I thank you that I don't have to be the Lord of my own life. That you've invited me to a better way. And I choose to follow you today. Save me from my sin. Heal me. Restore me. Come be in me. I give you my life. I want to spend eternity with you. I love you and I give you my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give everybody that prayed that prayer a big hand. Can we do that? Let's do bigger than that. Can you do bigger than that? I just want
want you guys to know, if, if you prayed that prayer, I, I'd love for you to just, in that connection card that was on your seat, if you would just check that box. We wanna connect with you. We wanna help you get in a small group. We've got some ways to help you in your journey as you follow Jesus. And, and church, I just wanna tell you, like, about, right now, about 80% of Sundays, people are giving their lives to Jesus. It's about 80%. And uh, I don't know about you, but I've always dreamed of being a part of something where people are giving their lives to Jesus all the time. And I'm just so grateful that, uh, that God's at work. I'm so excited about what he's doing. As we prepare to give, will you stand and let's worship together? I wanna invite you just, if you would, as we sing this last song, it's a declaration. Dan Montgomery's gonna lead us. It's this statement, I believe in Jesus. And here's the way I want us just to declare it. It's just this statement in the midst of whatever season you're in. I believe. When the enemy's trying to get you to get your eyes on something else, and you're just putting your eyes back on Jesus today, I respond to this invitation. Today, on this Sunday, in March, whatever you're at, wherever you're at, whatever your journey is, and I will follow. I believe. All right, let's declare this one last time before we pray at the end, all right? Let's worship together. Thanks again for listening. To learn more and to join our Radiant family, check us out on social media and online at radiantchurchkc.com.